wherever he wills. Then the Prophet ﷺ said, Ya Musarrif al-Kuloob, Sarrif Kuloobana ala ta'atik. That's the part that you're going to memorize. Ya Musarrif al-Kuloob, Sarrif Kuloobana ala ta'atik. Oh, yeah. Huh? Oh, it, okay. It says, Allahumma musarrif, without the yet. And that's my fault. Allahumma musarrif al-kuloob. Tayyib. Just so that we know what it means. And then, uh, and then we'll do a little explanation, inshallah. Musarrif al-kuloob. To tasrif a shay. Yani, it means you direct it to some, yani, you point it in some direction. or That's what sarf is. To point it in some direction. Sarafahu. Or to turn it this way. Okay. So you're saying here, O oh Allah, director of the hearts, direct our hearts to your obedience. Uh, who cannot read Arabic? It's okay if you can't. Just let me know. Anybody? Cannot read the, okay. Cannot read the letters. That's fine. Uh, that means your partner is going to have a little extra work. Alhamdulillah. Okay. So, uh, I, I do want you to repeat after me just to make sure that, you're, that I'm hearing you say it properly. Allahumma. Musarrif al-kuloob. Sarrif kuloobana. Ala ta'atik. Okay, so since this one is short, you actually have Two minutes uh, to memorize it. Inshallah. You ready? Okay. And what you're going to do is as soon as you memorize, what I, uh, you, you ready? I want you to do this. You're going to say, Allahumma musarrif al-kuloob. Once you get that down, you're going to keep saying it with your partner. And then you're going to say, sarrif kuloobana ala ta'atik. That's going to be the last part. And you're going to practice that with your partner until you get it down. You got two minutes. You can do that in two minutes, right? Subhanallah, so easy. Wallah alham. Yalla, start now. Two minutes. With your partners, huh? I didn't mean to scare you, sorry. Allahumma musarrif al kuloob. Sarrif kuloobana. على طاعتك Practice with your partner once you memorize it ما شاء الله الله أكبر الحمد لله Let me hear Translate it. To your obedience. Inshallah. Wow. 
MashaAllah, most of you have memorized it. We still have 30 seconds left. Okay, time is up. Time is up. Okay, so who wants to volunteer? Let me hear, let me hear somebody say it. No, I already heard you. Okay, yes. Okay, and, and, what, and what does that mean? Ahsant, very good. Allah Akbar, alhamdulillah. Somebody men... Ashab al-Yameen sitting on the left side. Yes. Yes. Go ahead. Go ahead. Again. Allahumma musarrif al-Qulub. Okay. Mumtaz. Tayyip. Yes. Jazakallah khairan. Excellent. Now, your homework is, your homework is to teach somebody else today, not tomorrow. I would make you do it right now, but it's before Jemaah, so I don't know what people do here before Jemaah. I don't want you to get people busy. But today, today, you need to teach somebody else that du'a, inshallah. Hopefully somebody from your family. If you have children, teach one of your children that du'a, inshallah, ta'ala. Uh, in, 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 this, in this hadith, one of, the, um, one, of, one of the most important aspects of this hadith, well, is, there's a couple of things I want us to look at. Number one is that, Allah, that the Prophet ﷺ said that Allah turns the hearts as he wills. And for this reason, it is so important that we beg Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to keep our hearts upon guidance. Now, another thing that I think is critical to note from this hadith is that the Prophet mentioned one of the names of Allah in this hadith. What name is that? He called him Ar-Rahman. And when we know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is merciful, then that gives us hope that when we call upon him for guidance and we call upon him to keep us upon obedience, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in his infinite mercy will answer that call. And it is not known in the history of mankind that someone has called upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala earnestly asking Allah for guidance and then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala misguides that person. And we should have better thoughts about Allah than to think that. And this is why if you look in the Quran and you look at all of those people whom Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has misguided, 
There's no harm in saying that. It's misguided. It's because they chose misguidance for themselves. So, for example, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, فَلَمَّا زَاغُوا What's the rest? أَزَاغَ اللَّهُ كُلُوبَهُمْ When they went astray, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent their hearts astray. It wasn't just because Allah haphazardly, with no hikmah, sent those who really wanted to be his righteous servants and he sent them astray. It's just not known. That's not known in the history of mankind. And when you see somebody that has not been guided by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then know that it is something in the heart that is keeping them from guidance. And he, sometimes we say, oh, he's such a good person, he's just not a Muslim yet. What makes them a good person and how do we judge that? And what is it that has kept them from submitting to the one that created them? Yes, they may have certain values that are Islamic values. Yani we, we recognize them. They're truthful, for example. They fulfill their promises. They, but there's definitely another side there. There's something in the heart, whether it is arrogance or fear of the creation or love of the dunya or, or, or. There's something else that is keeping them from the obedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. There's another hadith, and it's similar to the one that we, we just uh, memorized, and that's the hadith of Anas, radiallahu ta'ala anhu, said that the Prophet, والسلام, used to say a lot, Ya muqallib al-kulub, thabbit qalbi, thabbit qalbi ala deenik. So the difference between that hadith and this one this, this one, number one, says sarrif kulubana. Yani it's, it's the plural form. And, that, and that's the way that the dua comes in Sahih Muslim. Muqallib al-kulub is the one that turns the hearts. And musarrif al-kulub is the one that directs the heart. There's, there's, not much, there's not much difference in that. Thabbit qalbi ala dinik. What does thabbit mean? From thabat, which means to make firm. Okay, so the Prophet here is telling us about that turning. And then he's saying, do what? Keep it from turning all the time. Make this heart firm. Upon what? Upon your deen. Okay? When the Prophet is saying, turn our hearts, or direct, rather direct our hearts to your obedience, it's a slightly different dua, even though it carries the same result, inshallah. And that is what we talked about earlier. And that's because the, the heart is subject to so much change. And it can go either way. It can be turned to his obedience or it can be turned to disobedience to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. There's a lot of things that can be said about this hadith. And um, I'm not going to mention some of the linguistic things, but for those of you who have the ability... Shaykh Uthameen in Riyadh al-Salihin has a nice uh, explanation of this particular hadith that's worth going over, inshallah ta'ala. We're going to keep it moving because we want to finish at least the first 10 before 
salat before we break for salat, inshallah ta'ala. Oh, we didn't give this hadith a title. Let's give it a title together. Huh? Uh, if it's directly related to this hadith, you can ask it now. Yeah. Yeah. To, 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 show, to show that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has control over them all. Yani this is kakalbin wahid. Yani that there's no, there's nothing that stops Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from doing as he wills with these hearts. So the idea, the concept of them being one heart is something that brings it closer to the idea to, to our minds that if you had something scattered all over the place, do you have the same control over those things as you would if it was in one place? You understand the question that I just asked you? If you had, if you, as a, as a human being, if you had something scattered all over the place, yani you have businesses all over the world, do you have the same control over those businesses as you would if they were all in just one place. And, no. So the Prophet ﷺ said, bin wahid, As if they were one heart. Not that they are all one heart. To, give, to, to bring closer to the mind the control that Allah ﷻ has over the hearts. Uh, title for this hadith together. Guidance of the heart. Okay. It's acceptable. Okay, don't get scared when you see this hadith. Hadith 5. Hadith 5. This is not a two-minute hadith. First thing we're going to do is we're going to pick a title for this hadith, and then I'm going to tell you how you're going to memorize it, inshallah. All right? Uh, in this hadith, which was related by Abdullah ibn Abbas, radiallahu ta'ala anhumah, he said that the Prophet ﷺ used to make this following dua. He used to say, My Lord, aid me and do not aid against me. Grant me victory and don't grant others victory over me. Plot for me and do not plot against me. Wahdini wa yassiri al-huda li, it should say. Wahdini wa yassiri al-huda li, it should say. And guide me. Shwaya. Kulli wa la tamkur alayya. Wahdini wa yassiri al-huda li. Yes. And facilitate guidance for me. Wansurni ala man baga alayya. And grant me victory over those who transgressed against me. Rabbij'anni laka shakara. And in some narrations it says shakiran. Shakar is a, they call it sigha mubalagha, which means that it's um, exaggerated, emphasized. Rabbij'anni laka shakara, laka dhakara, laka rahaba, laka mitwa'a, ilayka mukhbitan awahamuniba. 
uh, my Lord, make me ever, ever grateful to you, ever remembering of you, ever fearful of you, ever obedient to you, ever humble to you, off turning and returning to you. Rabbi taqabbal tawbati waghsil hawbati. Oh, my Lord, accept my repentance, wash my sins or clean my sins. Wa'ajib da'wati, answer my petitions, my dua. Wa'thabbit hujjati, make my proof firm. Wahdi qalbi, wahdi qalbi, guide my heart. Wa'saddid lisani, make my, firm, make my tongue firm uh, or rightly guided. Waslul sakhimata qalbi, and remove any malice in my chest. I will just say this to you. This hadith has over 20 different requests from the Prophet ﷺ to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Al-Bazzar, not the scholar of hadith, but the one who did the biography of Shaykh al-Islam al-Taymiyyah rahimahullah, he said that this was the dua that Shaykh al-Islam al-Taymiyyah used to make the most. And Ibn Taymiyyah rahimahullah ta'ala said about this dua that it is one of the most comprehensive du'as for the good of this life and the hereafter that has been narrated on the Prophet It was a very important du'a. I'm going to give you one minute right now to work with your partner to come up with a title for this du'a. Start now. Uh, work with your partner. Bismillah. Twenty seconds. Twenty seconds. Plot. <laughs> I'll talk about it in a minute, inshallah. Talk about it in a minute. A name for this title for this hadith. Yes. Was it 23? It's actually 22 because Awaham Muniba has one request, actually. 22 requests for success. I like that. Okay. MashaAllah. Yes. Again? Description of a sound heart. Mm. Description of a sound heart. Allahu Akbar. I actually like that one. Huh. Yes. Somebody from the humble family. Yes. <laughs> we ask Allah in this hadith to make us humble to him, right? Ma'am. Yes. Dua for a, a guided and clean heart. I like that one because we're under the chapter of what? Or we're under the, the book of 
do eyes for the heart. So even though there's a lot of other, even though there's 22 requests for success here, the one that we're focusing on is actually the du'a related to the heart. So jazakallah khairan. I like that. Alhamdulillah. All right. Um, a du'a that? Ah, okay, okay, okay. The, the, okay, so her, the sister's suggestion is the, to name it, to name the title of this du'a, the du'a that Ibn Taymiyyah made the most. Because that's going to make people interested. Who's Ibn Taymiyyah? What, and why did he make this du'a the most? Nice. All right. Let, let's, we're, we're, I'm going to go over this hadith super quick, um, just to stop at each, um, each request, inshallah, so that we understand what it is that, that, that we're requesting. And then what you're going to do is you're going to memorize the last part of the hadith. Because this hadith is actually like three parts. The first part is to the part where it says That part right there is like it's part one. Part two is That's part two. You're going to memorize part three, which is I think that was seven requests for success, or no? We'll see when we get there, inshallah. Don't worry about memorizing it right now, because I want you to understand the hadith. And then you can go back and be idnillah. What you'll see is you're going to be able to memorize that no less, excuse me, no more than three minutes. It's probably going to take you more like two minutes. Then you'll see that, hey, if I just do this first part of the hadith, two minutes tomorrow, two minutes the next day, I'll have the whole hadith, and I can make this a part of my life. All right? طيب. So, Rabbi a'inni wa la tu'in alayya. Okay. When you're asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to aid you, to aid you, the first thing that comes to mind is the hadith where the Prophet ﷺ taught Mu'adh to say at the end of every salah, So the first thing that we think about when we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is aid, is we're asking him to aid us in remembering him and thanking him and worshiping him properly. But we also think about aiding us against any enemies that we may have, because that's also important. Even the shaitan. Not letting the shaitan get to us. Okay? Meaning, do not يعني, prevent uh, 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 my my nafs that, that my own self, shaitan, that any enemy that I may have, prevent them from, from harming me. Okay? Do not aid them against me. Do not aid them against me. Uh, that's number one and number two. Matter of fact, what I want you to do is put a number one over uh, aid me. So like uh, if you see here where it says, my Lord, aid me, put a number one over that. Do not aid against me. Put a number two. You guys with me? Put a number two. Okay. One sunni. Put a number three over grant me victory. Grant me victory. 
This is similar to the part that comes before where it says what? Uh, aid me. Do not aid against me. So if, if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not aiding against you, then he is giving you victory over those enemies that, that we all have. Do not grant victory over me. That's number four. Yani don't put any one of your creation in power over me in a way that is going to harm me. That's number four. Number five, plot for me and do not plot against me. Okay, what does that mean? We know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala aids people and we know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, grants people victory. Does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala plot? Yes. Yes, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala plots. How do you know that? Because he says in the Quran. What does he say? Uh, just like that? La Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَيَمْكُرُونَ وَيَمْكُرُ اللَّهِ وَاللَّهُ خَيْرُ الْمَاكِرِينَ They plot. And it's similar to إِنَّهُمْ يَكِيدُونَ كَيْدَ وَأَكِيدُ كَيْدَ Similar in, in, in meaning. They, they plot. وَيَمْكُرُونَ وَيَمْكُرُ اللَّهِ But Allah plots and He is the best of those who plot. Now let me ask you something. I think sometimes it's important for us to kind of just refresh our Aqidah courses. Is plotting a... We know that all of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's names and all of his attributes are beautiful, they're lofty, noble. Is plotting a good characteristic? By itself. We're, gonna, we're not going to talk about divine plotting. Right now, we're just talking about the concept of plotting. No, it's not a good thing. It means you're scheming against someone. However, however, when does that become something that is praiseworthy? No, no, no. Like I said, leave, we're going to leave the divine out of this conversation for a minute. Even for human beings, when does that become a, a positive quality? Yes. Uh, uh, exactly. In other words, when, you're, when your scheming or your plot is in response to someone else's, someone else is plotting against you. If you just uh, submitted or forfeited or whatever, like that, that, was, that would be a sign of weakness, right? The fact that you can respond in kind and overcome is actually what? A sign of strength. It's a positive quality to have. So when we look at this concept, there's nowhere in the Quran where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala praises himself by talking about plotting just like that, except that it is in response to the plots of the enemies of Islam. You, you understand? So there's a difference between, for example, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala praises himself with ilm, with his rahmah, with his hikmah, his wisdom and his mercy and his knowledge, but never with plotting. Plotting is always mentioned in response, in response to those who plot. So we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in this hadith 
And this is number five. Plot for me and do not plot against me. Clear? Play. Number seven. Wahdini. Wahdini. Okay. So you're asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to guide you to that which is good, to beneficial knowledge. Um, yeah, I need to give you more insight about yourself. All of this is guidance. Okay. That's number seven. But then Allah then the Prophet والسلام, said, وَيَسِّرِ الْهُدَى لِي And make guidance easy for me. Put an eight over that. Put an eight over, facilitate guidance for me. Okay, the question here. Isn't it enough to ask for guidance? Why do we ask for guidance to be facilitated for us? What does that even mean? The doubts? Okay, because the idea is this. Guidance, and I want you to consider this. There's another, there's another very short dua that the Prophet ﷺ taught Ali radiallahu ta'ala anhu, which is, Allah mahdini wa saddidni. Oh Allah, guide me and put me on the path. Keep me on the path. Okay, the idea is this. Guidance is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala puts you on the right path. You say, ihdina sirat al-mustaqeem. Okay. But, is the right path always easy? Is the right thing to do always easy? So when you ask Allah, right, exactly. So when you ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to guide you, and you're on that path, you still need Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make it easy for you to stay on that path of guidance and to make the guidance that comes to you easy for you to deal with because it's not always easy. It's the right thing and it's the best thing and it's the most virtuous thing, but it doesn't mean that it's always the easiest thing. So when you ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to guide you and then you ask him to make guidance easy for you, that is how you stay on the right path. Because it, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made it easy for you. Okay. And then number nine, grant me victory over those who transgress against me. Um, we see earlier that the Prophet said, grant me victory. And then here it says, grant me victory over those who transgress against me. And that is what is known as to which is that, the, that you ask for something specific after asking for something that was more general. All right? So all of those who transgress against you, you're asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to grant you victory over them. Now we get to part two of the hadith. Number 10. Allahumma ja'anni laka shakara. So, you could say grateful to you, but shakar is different than shakir. It, it means that you're always thankful to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And there's consistent gratitude. And we're going to talk about, inshallah, shukr uh, after Jumu'ah. So I'm not going to go into any detail here. Number 11 is what? Huh? Ever remembering. Of you to make me to, to make me someone who constantly 
thinks about you, subhanahu wa ta'ala. And we're also going to talk about that after Juma, inshallah. Ever fearful of you. Laka rahaban. Okay? So here we have shukr and dhikr and khawf. Rahba. All right. Ever fearful of you. What number is that? Twelve. Laka mitwa'an. Mitwa'an from ta'a. To be ever obedient to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then the Prophet says, Ilayka mukhbitan. Al mukhbit is from the same idea as at tawadu' or being humble in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Which is the opposite of what? Arrogance. No. Which is the opposite of arrogance. If you, the, the, uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, وَبَشِّرْ الْمُخْبِتِينَ وَبَشِّرْ الْمُخْبِتِينَ That's in Surah Al-Hajj, if I'm not mistaken, the 34th ayah. وَبَشِّرْ الْمُخْبِتِينَ And then he explains who they are, those who, when, they, when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is mentioned, وَجِلَتْ كُلُوبُهُمْ Their hearts shake, their hearts move. وَالصَّابِرِينَ عَلَى مَا صَابَهُمْ And those who are patient with whatever calamities come to them. وَالْمُقِيمِ الصَّلَاةِ And those who uh, establish their prayers. وَمِمَّا رَزَقَنَاهُمْ يُنْفِقُونَ And those who spend from what we have given them. All of these are the qualities of those who are humble in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. طيب. Number 15. Number 15 is what? Oft turning and returning. That's all one. That's number 15. Oft turning and returning. Ilayka awahim muniba. The one who is oft turning, al awah, he is the one who makes a lot of dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, begging him, uh, crying to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the munib, returning, if, as it's translated here, is the one who has repented to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So you're asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make you be of one who constantly turns to him in repentance. All right. Last part of the hadith. Accept my repentance. What does that mean? Accept my repentance. What number is that? Accept my repentance. Sixteen. Okay, when you ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to accept your repentance, you're asking him to grant you true tawbah, which has conditions. And what are the conditions of tawbah? Huh? Sincerity. What does that mean? Tayyib. So, so, so the, first, the, the first condition for your tawbah to be accepted is what? That you feel remorse. That you feel remorse. And, that, and you leave off the sin and what? And that you, no, not that you don't repeat it. That you have firm determination not to repeat it. Even if you repeat it, it can still be counted as, as Tawbah. And we'll talk about that, inshallah, time. So when you say, accept my repentance, you're asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to grant you a sincere repentance 
that fulfills those conditions. طيب, number 17. Erase my sins. Erase my sins. طيب, answer my petitions. Answer my dua, my prayers, my supplications. That's clear. Thabit hujjati. Thabit hujjati. What do you think that means? What do you think that means? Thabit hujjati. May 